podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The podcast with Dan Gardell and Greg Evans. 1874, the podcast in association with NordVPN. You can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to www.1874.io slash NordVPN. And if you do that, you'll get a huge discount off their plan. That's four months for free you'll get. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee as well. And it was very, very helpful to Greg and myself, who weren't at Stamford Bridge yesterday, to utilise to watch the game. And Greg... Nowadays, it's probably not a surprise for Villa to go and, and win at Stamford Bridge. In fairness, many teams in the Premier League have gone to Stamford Bridge and won in, in the last 12 months. But it did feel like a significant win for Villa yesterday, probably more so because they've kept a clean sheet. Yeah, hello, Dan. Yeah, but, uh, good for Villa to get another win on the road, I think, because they'd been struggling a little bit, hadn't they? It was seven games uh, away from home without a victory. So, what about Burnley, we won at Burnley. Oh, yeah, forget forget that. Yeah, <laughs> good start to the podcast. Two, two, two in eight, I think it was before yesterday. <laughs> eight, there we go. Yeah, um, yeah, they won one, hadn't they? Seven was it? Was it? Is that what I was thinking? I, don't, I think okay. it was two in eight before the game, but never mind. You've tried to come in AVFC Stato and you failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll stick to my day job. Yeah, but um, golf. <laughs> Look, it was a good, it was a good win, wasn't it? You know, I quite enjoyed watching it. I thought that um, Chelsea going down to ten men was exactly what Villa needed after after Europe. But I think they would have been, you know, they were really grateful for that because uh, I was a little bit fearful for for how perhaps tired Villa were going to be after um, a game this weekend, a game on Thursday. Okay, they they swapped you know some of the players around, um, but still a lot of the players have got to travel and you know go through the whole process. Um, and it is tiring, you know, doing doing travel and and and, and games and meetings and debriefs as well, wasn't and it? previews and all sorts of this. You know, it, it, it's unusual for some of the players because they're not used to it. So yeah, it was quite a tight uh, tight schedule for them. But um, Chelsea going down to ten men, I thought changed the game. Obviously, Villa went on and won the game from there. Uh, I thought that Chelsea tried to play in the right way to to beat Villa. I thought that. Um, they tried to expose the high line and, and did that at times. Um, but then Villa equally played that quite well. Also by, you know, managing to get Chelsea offside 10 times, um, which was, you know, which is a clear sign that that what they were asked to do was trying to work. I just think there was a few too many moments where Chelsea got through in those one-on-one situations. Uh, you know, Chilwell straight after the goal. Yeah. Jackson early on and then uh, and Sterling as well, which I don't think was offside. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't looked, looked back on that, but it did, didn't look offside to me. But anyway, um, look, you know, Villa Villa were able to hold out. They got they got the, um, the victory, kept a clean sheet, which was really important. Um, I think since Unai Emery's taken charge, only Manchester United have kept more clean sheets than Villa. So that's a really, you know, really positive uh, start. And a bit surprising because it seems like Man United can see quite often, doesn't it? They kept loads of clean sheets at home last season. Like they're yeah. in 11 goals, I think it was, for <clears> Old Trafford last season. It was it was a low number anyway, so they would have kept lots of clean sheets at, at Old Trafford. I said straight after the game yesterday, because I, I did a show and do go back and check that show out if you, if you haven't watched it already, people who are listening to, to this podcast. I said that this felt a little bit more 
like Unai Emery's Villa of last season away from home. They were, I know what you're saying, there was a few scary moments, but by and large, I thought they defended a bit deeper. The high line didn't get exposed as often when they, when they did utilise that. And, a, and an Ollie Watkins goal as well, an Ollie Watkins winner. It felt a little bit more like the Villa of last season away from home when we were on that good run. Yeah, there was there was so many positives to take from the game. You know, we can go a little bit deeper into each of them perhaps, but I mean, you can almost go through the team. You've got Martinez. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. You know, so just just a world-class goalkeeper, isn't it? We go on about him every week. I, I was saying to you at the back end of last season, just watch, he makes, a, he makes a world-class save every week, you know, which is effectively as good as a goal. So it's like a striker or, or a midfield player or whatever, scoring every single week. Um, that's what Martinez does. Did it again. Uh, I'm not sure which one you thought was the best. I personally thought the the, the Chilwell one was just because it was the moment, the timing of it. It was a big mm. moment in the game, wasn't it? We'd switched off a, a little bit. He kind of, he made the save look easy because he just literally read what Chilwell was going to do. But that's yeah. part of being an excellent goalkeeper, isn't it? Yeah, and and that was the only real concern for for me from with Villa. You know, okay, the first sort of 65 minutes wasn't great. They pushed and probed, and um, you know had a couple of opportunities. Um, but it was when they went into the lead and they had the man advantage that they were still a little bit open just for sort of three, four, five minutes after that. A couple of opportunities given up. Um, but then, look, as it got to sort of 85 minutes plus um, plus stoppage time, it felt like they were quite comfortable, wasn't it? Chelsea had run out of ideas, run out of a little bit of steam. Um, it was, you know, good substitutions at the right time. Bailey and, Bailey and Ramsey coming on to help stretch the defence. You know, they're really good runners with the ball, aren't they? They're quick, they're pacey, they can... Um, they can get round defenders who are tired, especially with 10 men. Um, and you've seen the way that Chelsea were trying to play. You know, they were pushing Disarzi up quite quite regularly. They were willing to have a go um, and get round get round uh, Villa, but that was opening up gaps for Villa. And, and look, um, you know, even even later into the game, bringing Denton Donker on as well, just to tighten things up. I like that change, Ida. Me too. I think it's I think it's a clever move. Um, we know what Den Donker's about. He's going <clears> to... <throat> He's going to uh, do the dirty stuff to help you to help you see out the game, um, and yeah, very good, very good victory. Esri Cons are probably the man of the match for me. Excellent in central defence. Tight. There's three. I would probably struggle to separate. I'd have gone Kamara, but Martinez and Conza would were, were definitely up there. I, I just thought. I thought Conza's game. I said again. I said this on the show yesterday. It kind of felt like him and Torres are a little bit similar in the way they want to kind of drop drop off and defend. I felt. Yesterday, Conta became more of the aggressor and had to kind of take on the role that Mings maybe would usually take. It was a little bit more front front foot defending. And I thought Pau Torres was very good as well. And apart from the when he gave the ball away in the, in the first five minutes with his right foot with a wild pass. But after that, he, he settled. But I think the more and more time they're getting together now, that will become a better partnership. And that, that's what it needs. It needs time. And I think if Ernie Emery could have chose to go to Stamford Bridge and win 5-1 or go to Stamford Bridge and win 1-0, I think he'd have taken the 1-0 because I think mm-hmm. the long-term benefits of that will do us good in terms of knowing that we can keep a clean sheet away from home again. Yeah, I think it's a good assessment of Konza and and, uh, and Torres. From from what I could gather, he, he looked like he was taking on more of a leadership role. Hmm. Seemed to be rallying the troops a little bit more, seemed to be a bit more pumped up than he usually was. He's a very calm and sort of measured player and, and man as well. Um, but he just felt like a bit more pumped up yesterday. Uh, did excellent to to sustain the threat of, of three very good strikers, you know, Jackson, Sterling and Broya at the end, um, all offering different types of threats, but he was able to um, you know, limit the limit the the threat really. Um and lots of calls again this week, 
you know, externally for him to be recognised by England. And, and I'd certainly echo those thoughts. I think that England have got a unbelievable team now in the midfield and attacking areas. You know, by far the best in the world, really. We've got probably the best striker in the world, the best attacking midfielder in the world. Um, we've got very, very, very good midfield uh, players around it. I just think we're just lacking a little bit in central defence. If you can get John Stones back... Um, but then there is also a, an, um, a space next to him, which I think Esri Konza should be in the in the reckoning to, to you know, should be in the should be in the it should be in the in, it should be in the conversation, shouldn't it? It's surprising, really. I'm not having a dig at Lewis Dunk, but Lewis Dunk's obviously further on in his career than than Esri Konza probably isn't a long term player that's going to be part of Southgate's plans. Konza's done everything that Southgate likes in terms of he plays every week in the Premier League. He's come through the the youth systems at England level. He's played for played for the under twenty ones. Just feels bizarre that he's he's never had a chance. And because you've got Cole, you've got Colwell in there now as well. Gay seems to be one of one of the first. He's the next one after after Maguire and, and Stones at the moment. But to have never been called up to the squad, especially since Emery's Emery's come in, and we've seen no, again no disrespect the likes of Connor Cody getting getting captain that time. Conter feels built for international football. He's very good on the board. He's quick. He reads yeah. the game well. He, he just feels now like an international player. Maybe this time last year, I would. I thought he was off form. I thought he really wasn't showing himself in his in his best light. But he recovered from that start last season and was excellent under Emery. I, I'm surprised, given the mainly that he's he, Southgate loves that under 21s route. I'm surprised he's never been in a squad. Yeah, me too. So, you know, I really, I really am surprised because I think that he has had moments and periods of his game where he deserved to be called up previously. Um, probably have always thought that Ming's Ming's performances sort of overshadowed his, and he was, you know, kind of just waiting in the wings to to fully express himself. But I think that's what we're seeing now. You know, he he's never going to be the the vocal presence that Ming's is. Um, but he's a leader. He's respected. He's very quick. He can play the high line. He's adaptable. He he's a threat at set pieces. I thought Villa just going going off on, on tangent slightly. I thought Villa were excellent at set pieces yesterday. Um, you know they they won first contact on every single corner that was put into the box, which was you know pretty impressive. Um, and that's without you know Tyra Mings, without Diego Carlos, two very tall players. Um, without Emi Buendia, who's one of the you know strongest headers of the of the ball actually in in that Villa team, so three real key players there that Villa haven't got when defending set pieces, but they were they were excellent and and Konza was a big part of that and actually Zaniolo starting to quite like he's the look a big of boy. him. Um, he's no surprise, is he? You know, you got a bit of height in the team and they win first contact. Yeah, Villa have been a very small in size tight, uh, team for a while now, but Zaniolo won a couple of first contacts from corners, so he he you know. He's proven to be a real threat in both boxes. I thought the attacking set piece that almost resulted in in a perfectly executed goal from him, um, you know, was 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 a great move as well. Very unlucky. Sanchez made two brilliant saves. Another one from Dina. Um, yeah, and I just I just thought Villa were Villa were very well organised. You know, there's a, there's a real culture around set pieces at, at Villa that we know with Austin McPhee working there. Um, you know, the fact that he's one of the only British <laughs> members of staff in in the coaching team shows that he's doing something right. Else, Emery would have moved him on by now, I'm sure, because the rest of them are uh, Spanish or uh, friends of his. Um, so yeah, it, it felt like a, a real complete performance from Villa. A few a few difficult hairy moments, as we say, but. Um, you know, quite ruthless, very good defensively and, um, you know, good at set pieces as well. 
Kamara was a big part of that d- defensive solid, solid. Oh God, why did I go for a word that I knew I wasn't going to be able to, to say? <laughs> yeah, Kamara was very, very good yesterday in that breaking up the play. I felt like that was his best game of the, of the season by far. I think quietly he hadn't got off to a, a brilliant start to the season, Kamara, because we know he's such a high level player. But yesterday, when Chelsea did break through, there was a number of times he managed to break up the play and get back in and steady them and hold them up and wait for people yeah. to get back. I thought that was his best game of the season yesterday. Yeah, I agree. I think it was nice to see him sort of dropping into that sort of right-sided central defensive role when 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 needed and, and just covering at times because, you know, Villa did give a lot of the width to, to, to Chelsea by pushing Cash and Dina up um, and that exposed them and left them... Left them a bit of a risk at times. So the job is on the midfielders to to tuck in and, and you know, Louise and, and, and McGinn at times and and Kamara did did exceptionally well. Um I agree with you. I don't think he started the season very well, certainly after the the standards that he had set last season in the in the in the games where he wasn't injured. But yesterday he was certainly back to his best. And if he can go to Chelsea and, and, and put in a performance like that, it's uh, it's a good sign for the future. Yeah, because you know Chelsea are struggling. It's going to take Potch some time to to work that team together. It's a really it's a, I know they spent a billion pounds. They have got injuries. It's difficult to put a team together that don't really know mm. each other. It's going to, it's going to be a really tough season for Chelsea, I think. But they'll click later on in the season, and they still have got some some good individual players who are capable of pr- producing moments. So Villa did well to kind of to, to limit that and and cut it down. I would say. Yeah, and look, you know, I don't think Chelsea are coming under a lot of criticism, right? They so can't, they're, they can't they're, score. They're, they're poor, aren't they? They can't score. Um, uh, but I don't think they're playing badly. I no, think they're not. They are, they've got the right idea. And you can see that what the manager's trying to ask them to do is is working to an extent. They're just not executing it. They're just, they just can't score. It, I mean, it is pretty. It is pretty much as straightforward as that. And you think it, we know when Nkunku perhaps comes back, when Very some good. of the midfield players are, are back fit, and um, you know, Pochettino has had a little bit of time with these players. I think that will. I think they'll get better. You know, Unai Emery's always said that he much prefers to have games rather than training time. I think for this Chelsea team right now, the training time and just playing weekend to weekend will benefit them eventually because. Um, they're, they're going to be losing a lot of games, I think, if they were playing midweek, weekend, mm. midweek, weekend, because, you know, the injuries and the, the transition that they're in. But look, you know, we don't care about Chelsea, do we? Villa have gone there and uh, and done a job on them. That, they were very impressive last year when they beat them. Um, you know, Stamford Bridge has never, in my lifetime, been an easy place to go to. So no. for Villa to go and win twice in, what, six or seven months or whatever it is, um, is really impressive. And you've, you've got to take the... Yeah, the, uh, the good points from that. Yeah, look, Chelsea will. It's a decent time to have played them. I think they're under a little bit of pressure because they've only won one game against Luton. But first game of the season, I watched that game and Liverpool went there and it was a good performance of Chelsea and got got a one one. So might even be. We might, I know Forrest went there and won one nil as well. Didn't they? Just it felt like it was a decent time to play them. But like I say, Liverpool who've been one of the form teams so far this season, they couldn't beat them at Stamford Bridge on, on day one of the season. So it's not, not an easy place to go by no. any stretch of the imagination. It was Ollie Watkins back on the score sheet for the first time in the Premier League <laughs> this this season, Greg. Felt like a, a big moment for him. He is, in some ways, a streaky player. Usually when he scores one, he'll go on a run and you know, you'd expect in the next in the next few weeks maybe to score a, a couple more goals. Not so much that he's a confidence player, but I think... Something inside him changes when when he has scored. He becomes that little bit more ruthless, and he gets that little bit more of belief in himself. But you know, I think he's still an absolutely critical player for Villa, even when he when he's not scoring. He does so much for that team. 
Yeah, he does a lot of work off the ball that perhaps doesn't get noticed. If he doesn't have too many touches, people tend to think, well, he's had a he had a quiet game and he hasn't done much. But the work that he does off the ball is, is still really important. And if it wasn't, Emery wouldn't play him every week because the, you know there are other options to turn to. Um, I was really pleased for him. I think he got. I think it was his goal was a mixture of fortunes. I think he was a little bit lucky in the fact that the first attempt was blocked by Colwill and then you know didn't go out of play. But then, secondly, he was. You know, brilliant with the way that he converted that strike, and um, he sort of scored it in a way that didn't look like he hadn't been scoring for a while. I thought it was a, a brilliant finish, actually. Um, and yeah, you'll see a a different Watkins now. I think the next chance that he'll get, he'll score, um, and and hopefully he goes on this run of games. And yeah, you say he's a little bit of a streaky player, and yeah, I think over the course of his Premier League career, he's he's been a little bit streaky. You know, he's had runs of where he goes five or six games in a row of scoring and then maybe doesn't score for eight games. Um, but I think if you base it over the three, four seasons, fourth season now that he's been in the Premier League, um, is it the fourth or third? It's fourth, fourth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. fourth season. Um, you know, he, he's contributed to so many of Villa's goals um, and without him, Villa would have been in a very different place, I think. And, uh, you know, just at his previous clubs, he wasn't really a streaky player. He was just a regular goal scorer. Um, and I think it's just so difficult to continue continually score in the Premier League because of the level that you're at. But, um, you know, Watkins is one of the one of the top strikers in the Premier League. You know, he's, he's in the top 10 of the strikers in the Premier League for sure, he's isn't he? Yeah, he's probably higher than that, I, yeah. I, I, I would say. There'd be, so I'll ask you about the contract situation. I think Jacob put a, put a tweet out saying they're still hoping to to agree this fresh fresh contract with, with Ollie Watkins. If he was to get into the last year of his contract, there'd be a, a lot of suitors, probably some high-level Premier League suitors as well, wouldn't there? Yeah, there would because, you, you know, he's a, he's a striker who's still relatively young. He works really hard for the team. He's a likable lad, somebody that you know is not going to cause any problems around um, around the place. He's proven that he can score in the Premier League. Uh, his goal record is, is, is pretty incredible, really. You know, there aren't many English players. In fact, I'm, I'm not sure if there's there's any English striker in in the Premier League. At not, present. Now Kane, not now, Kane's gone. Not now, Kane's gone. You know, that has scored more Premier League goals over the last three seasons. So, um, you know, he's a real, he's a real asset, and he will he will be of interest to, to other clubs. I still expect him to sign a deal at Villa. You know, I've been saying this consi- consistently for, what, five months now, I think it is. Um, you know, surprised actually that it has gone on this long. Uh, but I think Villa still believes that they can get it done. I don't know the finer details. You know, I, I don't know what's holding it up. If I can if I can find out those details, I'll, I will, you know, share them as and when. But, um, you know, th- this, this, from my understanding, both sides still want it to happen. It's just getting an agreement. Yeah, so anything, anything else from the game you'd like to talk about, Greg? Check his um, notes. Yeah, I did make a couple of notes, actually. No, not really. I mean, I th- you know, it, it, it wasn't the sort of the greatest game, was it? It was just a game. I enjoyed, Villa, I enjoyed it. You know, Villa needed to game. go and get it. Villa, it felt like Villa needed to uh, make a point by winning this, winning that game, because everything that I expected over the course of the season in the Premier League for Villa this season had happened. They'd won the games that I expected them to win <clears throat> and they'd lost the games that I expected them to lose. Now, Chelsea was one of this one of these games where I thought mm, anything can happen. On the back of a, a European defeat, which was disappointing, how will Villa react? Um, you know, will Chelsea be fresher having had the, the week free? Um, are Chelsea really as poor as they are? Can Villa go and go and get a 
job done against a team still, you know, recognised as one of the big six, um, albeit not necessarily in their league positions over the last season and this season. And Villa went and did it. You know, they answered the question, and now you've seen that they've they've picked up four wins from six games. They're sixth in the league, which is um, okay, a very very small sample size, but they're a place. But they're they're a place above where they finished last season, and and if they continue it, it in this run, I think they'll finish even higher than sixth if they can keep winning four games out of six. And I think what we've seen now is that Villa have played and lost. You know, they've now got rid of three really tough away games: Newcastle, Liverpool, and Chelsea. Um, and they're sixth in the league, and they've won four games. So for me, the signs are really positive. Um, I'm quite excited to see how this season develops. Um, and yeah, just, just a very small one on, on uh, Moussa Diaby again. I thought his decision-making was brilliant in, in the moments that mattered. And look, you know, I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record, but the way he stretches defences with his pace is just a, a massive asset for Villa now. Yeah, and Villa, Moreno's had a tiny setback by, by the sounds of what Emery was saying. Ramsey's back on the pitch now. It was very worrying when he went down for, for a period of time. But you know, you get those two back. I still think Villa's best 11 is... The ten from last season, plus plus Diaby. Yeah, but obviously Mings is Mings is missing. But Pau Torres is is starting to grow now. Suddenly Villa have got that kind of they've not had their best <clears> team <throat> out at any point yet this season, and they probably won't because Mings probably won't play again this season. But by and large, have had that left hand side missing for the whole season so yeah. far. Them two coming back really will make a difference, I think. Yeah, definitely. And look, you know, the, the games come around really quick. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what team uh, Villa play against Everton in in the week and. You know some of the players, perhaps that that were criticised a little bit um, in the Europa Conference League game, might get the chance to to you know to go again and, and show what they're made of. You know the likes of Tielemans, Chambers, perhaps um, Kellerman might get a chance. It'd be exciting to see him if he if he can start. Duran, um, Ramsey will play, won't Ramsey it? and Den Donkey. You know th- these are all these are all decent players and. Um, it, Yes, it is going to weaken Villa because it's not their strongest team, but it's not going to weaken them to the extent that they can't go and beat Everton, who I presume will make changes as well. So, yeah, it's exciting. I like the fact that Villa have just got games all the time because you can look at different players. There's always different talking points that are coming up. Um, and as Emery says, you know, for him, it's the it's the real test, how they perform in the games, not in the training days. Yeah, Brighton will be a big one next weekend as well, as well home to a team who'll be looking to finish around the same kind of area. As as Villa, they've got off to a to a brilliant start, yet yet again as well. Brighton, they're they're absolutely amazing. But that'll be a that'll be a, a big game. Villa can win that three in a row in the Premier League. It's always difficult to win games in a yeah. row in the in the Premier League. And if they can win three three in a row, I think I think their start has been excellent. Anyway, I know they've lost two games, and probably the manner of those two games people will speak about. But to win four from six at the start of the Premier League season, I'd have snapped your hand off for, for that start. That is a brilliant start. Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 a very very solid start, you know. And um, there are opportunities against Liverpool and Newcastle at home to make amends for those games. But Newcastle are a Champions League team now. We've just smashed, you know, Sheffield United eight 0 There was nothing. That... <laughs> Yes, it was embarrassing and humiliating to to lose five one on the opening day of the season, and there were a few concerns. But I, I was never genuinely worried. You know, I was never worried. I thought Villa are going to go and, and, and perform better in the next couple of weeks. Let's see how, whether their results mirror those performances, and the results did. You know, they bounced back quickly. Liverpool haven't lost a game yet, so you know, there's 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 no shame in in losing to Liverpool because no. they're they're an exceptional side like Man City. Um, 
I think the Brighton game will be really interesting. You know, Villa have got a genuine fortress now in in Villa Park. You know, nine wins in the Premier League in a row. One of those was obviously against Brighton last year, and they, they got the better of them. Um, be interesting to see. You know, it's just a real, it's a real interesting matchup, isn't it? You know, Deserbi and, and Emery, two deep thinkers of the game, and how they can uh, outmanoeuvre each other. Um, tough one to predict right now because you never really know what Brighton are going to do, do you? They're just no. they're so flexible and exciting, um, and they can cause a lot of problems. But I think I mean, I'll back Villa to to match them. They have a massive squad of quality, Brighton. They, they make change. I know they lost in the, in Europe in in the midweek, but you know they make they make a ton of changes for a game. They just play the exact same way. They they look absolutely brilliant. They were at half time yesterday, I oh, will just bring Matoma on. <laughs> scores two goals and, and and wins them the game. They've got just an array of really interesting and exciting players. But fair play to them. They'll be they'll be up there again, Brighton. That'll be a tough game at the weekend, but I think it'll be a, a good game. Two teams that are really looking to kick on and improve again. Before we get to Greg Evans's press box <clears throat> archives, let's hear from NordVPN again. If you guys are getting fed up with missing live football, then our new show sponsor, NordVPN, might be able to help you out. NordVPN is a secure and private service which works on pretty much any device, including your laptop, mobile, and smart TV. If you want to watch, let's say, some U.S. content, it allows you to appear like you're in that country. And while you're connected, no one can find out what you're doing, including your internet service provider. The service also has threat protection baked in to protect you from intrusive website ads and malware, which is pretty dab handy. A part of NordVPN supporting 1874, the Aston Villa channel, they have given us an exclusive deal of up to 65% off and four months for free, which also includes Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All you have to do is go to www.1874.io forward slash NordVPN and sign up. All the details will also be in the description. And as always, we are truly grateful to anyone that signs up. We know that money is tight. But if you think NordVPN will help you out, it will also help us to keep the channel running. Thank you very much to Nord. As I mentioned, that was very helpful yesterday to both Greg and myself. So do check it out if it's something that you need in your life and you can afford it. Let's finish then with Greg Evans's press box archive. And I believe your topic this week is very en vogue, Greg. <laughs> yeah, well, as as Ollie Watkins uh, got off, uh, broke, uh, ended his goal scoring drought, I thought it'd be good to just go back on something that um, I've, I've spoken a little bit about it on the podcast before the fact that when I interviewed him uh, during the winter break, the World Cup break in Dubai, um, which was December now, nearly a year, nearly a year has passed. Flies. And yeah, I had some good time with, with Watkins and you know, did the interview, but it was more a, a little bit of a sneak behind the curtain of what it's like writing up an article um, after doing an interview. And uh, I had a very, I, I finished the interview quite late and I had a very early morning flight. It was like five or six o'clock in the morning, the flight. Um, now, rather than doing the interview when I got back and writing it up, I decided to go to sleep from like 10 o'clock, maybe till 1am in the morning, I think. So I got up really early to write the article. Um, anyway, wrote it all up, maybe 1500 words. Thought it was lovely, perfectly put together. Um, but because I'd just got a new laptop, I, I was working off a Mac and you know me, Dan. My, not my, the most tech not, not the most tech savvy. Um, I was actually writing in notes um, on, on Mac, on, on, the, on the Mac and Somehow, I just pressed. I must have just pressed delete and lost the entire text. And I thought I've got to leave to the airport in half an hour. 
I've got to file this story before I go and it's taken me two and a half hours to write it up. So that's just a little bit of an insight into the the difficulties of getting a new laptop when you're in journalism and you're uh, not the most tech savvy. So yeah, basically what I had to do is I had to delay my editor. Um, obviously told him the story that I lost it all and wrote it, wrote it all back up. But as, as any writer will know, the second time you write something, it's never, ever as good. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was just a little bit of insight into that interview. Man. I've just opened up notes just to see if you can. Well, so I've delayed <laughs> Don't it. tell me there's a revision. That it you must can be like an undo. I hope you genuinely couldn't find it. There wasn't. Yeah, there is. There's an undo button at the top. Oh, edit, I can't. But... Edit, undo, typing. Yeah, you could have just done that, Greg. <laughs> it must have been something else then. I, I, I must, yeah. I've, done, I've done it another way, but I definitely couldn't. I mean, it shouldn't be. I mean, everything. a journalist using notes to write an article is an absolute disgrace. It's because I had a new laptop. Pages? What about Pages? Not heard of Pages? Pages is essentially Microsoft Word. Well, I I was a day into a new laptop. Do you still use notes now? Occasionally, but... um, Don't use that again. Not very professional. Well, now I know there's an undo button with sound, aren't there? There's an undo button, but yeah, use Pages, Greg. Get get on on Pages and and use NordVPN while you're doing it as as well, just to protect your IP address whilst you're doing your, your journalism. That does us for this week. Thank you ever so much for watching 1874, the podcast, and thanks for all the support on the content in general at the moment. Wherever you are taking in this podcast, whether it be YouTube, Spotify, Apple, that's my list of places I know done, then just, you know, give us a like, review, everything good that you can do for us would would really really help there won't be any shows around the everton game because i have messed up and i'm actually in london at a gig on wednesday night so i'm not going to the everton game so i'm not going to see it which is a which, which is a shame but we'll be back previewing the brighton premier league game later on in the week so watch out for that if you are subscribed everywhere you'll know that the podcast and the shows are coming so please please do that it does really help us grow and helps us appear in other people's feeds on youtube the more popular we are so if you could do all that stuff I've mentioned, that would be absolutely brilliant. We're off then. Thanks ever so much. Up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.